Mark 10, 13 through 15. People were, and people were bringing children to him that he might touch them, but the disciple rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he became indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not prevent them for the kingdom of God's belongings to such as these. Amen, I say to you, whoever does not accept the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. Then he embraced them and blessed them, placing his hands on them. Thanks, Bexley. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, as we look at this scripture this morning, we ask, Lord, that you would put me behind the cross. Let my words and my thoughts be yours. And if I misspeak this morning, forgive me and let your message be heard. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So the movie Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory came out in 1971. Who has not seen Willy Wonka? You've not seen it? Oh my goodness. Meredith, you need to have a kid's time. Yeah. It's, uh, it's classic. Anyway, came out in 1971. So the, the premise of the story is the candy maker, you know, starts this worldwide frenzy as he puts five golden tickets into his chocolate bars, right? And, and each ticket gives the owner a chance to tour the chocolate factory with, with Willy Wonka and to win a lifetime supply of chocolate. So five kids find the tickets, and they come to the factory for the tour. But as the day goes on, uh, the kids and their greediness and their brattiness uh, kind of overwhelms them, and some of them are disqualified, right? They're, they're removed from the tour as the day goes on, except for Charlie. And Charlie's this very poor kid who, who found the absolute last ticket. He was just lucky and found the ticket. And, and in this scene near the very end of the movie, Willy Wonka unveils his true plan to give the factory to somebody. And the conversation that goes on is, is Willie says, um, so how do you like the chocolate factory, Charlie? And Charlie says, I think it's the most wonderful place in the whole world. And Willie says, well, I'm very he- pleased to hear you say that because I'm giving it to you. And Charlie and his grandpa are both stunned. And Willie says, that's all right, isn't it? And his grandpa says, you're giving Charlie the, and Willie Wonka says, I can't go on forever, and I don't really want to try. So who can I trust to run the factory for me when I leave and to take care of the Oompa Loompas? Not a grown-up. A grown-up would want to do everything his own way, not mine. That's why I decided a long time ago that I'd have to find a child, a very honest and loving child, whom I could tell all my most precious candy-making secrets to. And Charlie said, and that's why you sent out the golden tickets. And Willie said, that's right, so the factory is yours, Charlie. You can move in when you want to. See, friends, this is a good reminder of us that children respond in faith, and they do as they are told because they don't already have this notion of how things are supposed to be. This is a vulnerable time for them because they are learning and and just just taking in every ounce of, of knowledge that they can. Thanks to Bexley for reading reading the text this morning. 
So it was, it was natural for the Jewish mothers to, to want their child to be blessed by the rabbi, right? And Jesus was proving to be uh, a great and distinguished one. And they were usually brought on their first birthday, the kids were. And so that's kind of how this is set up. Well, Jesus, like I told the kids, Jesus was on the way to the cross, and it had to be on his mind. It had to be in the back of his mind all the time, the days and the steps that were coming and what was to happen. And in the midst of this tension, he was teaching, and the kids came forward. And the disciples, they weren't bad guys. They were, they were good guys. They just didn't want him to be interrupted to interrupt what was going on with him. So they, the disciples said, no, you need, to, you need to take them away. Take them away. Leave the rabbi alone. This, this um, but Jesus made time. He said, no, let, let them come to me. Let me have time with the kids. It's important to understand the context so that we get a full grasp of the story. Um, they were just trying to protect Jesus. They wanted to protect him. They didn't want him bothered. They knew that, that things were off. He hadn't exactly said what it was, but they knew something was up and, and he was stressed. And so they didn't want to add any pressure to him that they didn't have to. And the kids certainly didn't need to be a distraction. But Jesus said, let them come tells us a lot about Jesus I think the fact that Jesus cared for the children and the children cared for him you know every every indication that we have and every picture that we've ever seen uh, is taken you know taken from scripture and, and it looks like Jesus and the kids had a had a had a good interaction between them I, like I said I think he probably told good jokes I think he started with a joke but Jesus couldn't have been this gloomy and joyless person or the kids wouldn't have connected with him. The kids don't want to be around preachers that are dull and boring. There, there are lots of preachers that I know kids wouldn't want to be around. Heck, there's a lot of preachers I don't want to be around. <laughs> but I think Jesus smiled and he laughed a lot. I think he was sarcastic. Scripture points out uh, some areas that, that it appears that he had a little bit of sarcasm about him. The story today is just another example of the humanity of Jesus. He said, of such is the kingdom of God. So what is it that Jesus liked about kids, right? What is it that Jesus valued so much? Well, there are a couple of things, really. There was humility, right? Ordinarily, a child is embarrassed in public. Like, they all did a great job getting up here. Say a year ago or two years ago, though, they might, they might shy away from it and not be so interested. The acolytes, when they come down at a certain age, they're still pretty shy and don't want to be in front of the crowd. They've not yet learned to think in terms of pride and of prestige. They haven't discovered the importance of self. There was, there's obedience a child's natural instinct is to obey. I mean, some parents may say, you are wrong. But they do. They, kids mostly obey. They, they want structure. They want discipline. They want to obey. They haven't learned this false independence that we get. And that false independence is what, what removes us or separates us from God. There's trust. Trust as seen uh, in child's acceptance of authority. And in child's confidence in other people. You know, they don't expect people to be bad. 
Babies love everyone. They just smile and love everyone. They don't expect people to be bad. They believe the best about other people. And, and a child has a very short memory. And that's not a negative thing. What that means is they don't hold grudges or bitterness, right? They completely, they forget so completely that there's really no need for forgiveness. Something happens to a kid, they're going to get over it quickly. They, they generally forgive very quickly. So indeed, of such is the kingdom of God. Now the disciples were trying to keep the kids and their parents away from Jesus. So I'm going to ask you today, what is it or who is it that's trying to keep you away from Jesus today? What or who is keeping you from Jesus? Jesus is always ready and always willing to welcome us into his presence. Now when you think about this, consider not only uh, the people in your lives that might be causing this, or the things in our lives that might be causing us to be away from Jesus, but think about the way that we live our own life, the practices and the things that we do every single day that might be keeping us from Jesus. So uh, we've been a part of Seek Camp since about 2006, and, and I know sometimes you probably get tired of me talking about Seek Camp, Sorry. Not sorry. We have this, we've had this joy of meeting over the years so many great people, camp directors, parents, interns, volunteers, and the campers. And the interesting thing about the campers is this. They all have a childlike personality. Many of them who are, are in their 40s or 50s or 60s, they, they, they think in terms of an a, a 8-year-old or a 9-year-old or a 10-year-old. They think as children do. And they too think that everyone is nice, that no one is bad. They trust us completely. They think that everyone is good and that everyone is caring. They think like children. These are the traits <clears throat> excuse me, of kingdom people. These people who walk with Christ and grow as Christ's disciples. So when our relationship with Christ suffers, it's hard to walk with Jesus, right? It's because we have lost our childlike attributes. We aren't humble. We aren't obedient. We lack faith. And we don't rely or trust in God. We, we lose some of that. We hold on to, to hatred and grudges and judgment and unforgiveness. And I'm, I'm guilty as the next person of that. But we cannot experience the kingdom if we don't maintain the ideals of the kingdom. Does that make sense? We can't experience the kingdom if we don't maintain the ideals of the kingdom. We just can't. We have to follow Jesus and we have to follow closely. To walk with Jesus is to follow a path that requires us to put aside the character flaws that keep us from Christ. And a path that sometimes may take us in a different direction from the people or the things that we, that we normally would be around. Those that might keep us from Christ. Married couples can get in the way of one another's relationship with Christ if their level of belief and faith is on a different level. Parents can get in the way of a child's faith if they don't themselves have faith they don't believe in christ wholly friends who don't go to church can encourage our 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 
ourselves, our kids, that, that maybe church is not that important, that we could spend our time differently, ultimately getting in the way of the greatest friendship we all have with Jesus. Some of our colleagues would like to see us work all the time rather than taking time for devotion and worship and prayer. And the list goes on and on, friends. The influence of those around us can block our efforts, and these are the forces that pull us away from a full commitment to Jesus Christ. I have talked a lot this year about pruning. You know, pruning the unhealthy things, pruning the, 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 uh, the bad stuff away so that we may be more fruitful, so that we may do better. I don't think any of us would deny the fact that when it comes to our relationship with Christ, we could all bear more fruit. And to do that, we have to cut away the unhealthy things. None of us are there yet, right? We want to be. And we may be close, but we're not all there yet. It requires us to examine our lives, to determine where there are roadblocks that hinder our walk and our journey with Jesus. We acknowledge our weaknesses. We try to improve, right? We become more like children. We recognize our need for God. Difficult as it may be, we, we try to be more trusting and more obedient, more faithful. And we can always trust that Jesus is waiting for us. Just like he was for the kids and saying, just let them come to me. Let them in. And Jesus is going to welcome us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.